This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studio in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit shoptalkpodcaststudio.com. Plenty capers, nothing been authenticated. Teflon Don is a phenomenal fucking album. It's perfect. It's literally perfect, top to bottom. Ten There's songs. not one bad song on Teflon Don. Yeah, it's literally. A, it's fucking excellent. Dog. Teflon Don is Rick Ross's urban legend. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, cause we liked Ti before urban legend. Yeah, yeah. So urban legend was like that. Oh, he, that did it. It came. Was it? Was it urban legend or was it? Uh, hold up. Was it the other one? Hold on. It was Urban Legend. You don't know me. Um, rubber Band Man. Oh, you're right. You're right. It was Urban Legend. And then, yeah, after Urban Legend, T.I. took off. Yeah. Skyrocket. Because then King was next. And then that had to, all the shits on there. And yeah, T.I. could do no wrong for like a five-year span. Dog. Teflon Don was definitely that for Ross. Um, it's just a phenomenal fucking album, man. It really is. Anyway. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 184 of This Week in Culture. I am your host, Ant Wood, a.k.a. Trinidad and a.k.a. 40-Ounce Poppy. And I got my dog with me, Jay. What up, though? What up, though? It's your man, Jay Johnson, one half of the culture. When you see the blue and the black, you know where you at. Shop Talk Podcast Studio. Book some time. Book some time with my dog, man. Until then, this week, we review the highly anticipated, like four years in the making, Episode one premiere of BMF on Stars. Woo! Finally. Finally. Daddy's spending time with me. <laughs> Y'all don't know. Yo, um, it was a point where I really didn't think this was gonna get made. I'm gonna keep it real, dog. I I I heard too much, heard too many cats say they auditioned, too many cats said they was in it, got callbacks, didn't know anything was really happening, man. It's finally here, dog. BMF yeah. is out. Yeah, and it was better than I expected. Cause I, 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 it was it was better than I expected for me. It wasn't a bad episode, and and we're gonna get into all that. We're gonna break down everything. Um, I just off top rating system. I get this episode some wires, and I'm giving it some wires. One, cause yo, it was a pilot, and it's it's not a lot of pilot episodes that are fucking excellent right out the gate is i got a, a whole pilot? list of shit that i like is it a pilot when it's a when it's a, a, a based on a true story well no when it's like sitcoms when get, it's already picked up yeah it's not <laughs> I got a pilot you. When, you know i don't know what yeah. it's called premiere like, episode well we can roll with that because yeah. it was the premiere episode 
Um, I had some likes. I had some dislikes. Uh, and and I'm not here to to shit on the episode by any means. I think it was a very good episode, a very good start to telling this story. Um, one of my critiques uh, that we just talked about on on raising Canaan was kind of starting the story and then jumping forward six years. They they started it episode one first few minutes in 86 and then jump to 91 seems like with BMF, we're going to get that build out and that character development. They're really starting this story from where it took place. I don't even know if season one, we're going to move out to eighties. I'm I, not mad at it. I thought that was going to start at the beginning, beginning though, because like from how the story goes is, yeah. um, Meech found drugs from a from a nigga that her boyfriend was dating, mm-hmm. and they ended up, you know, it was like it was somewhere he found it and he he took it yeah, from the nigga yeah. and uh stars. I thought that was gonna start like yeah shit. Even uh, I mean they they kind of did start when they first got with Pat, uh, played by Wood Harris. Yeah, this was young. This was young, and then they kind of jumped a couple years. They didn't yeah. go that far, but to that point. I did think they was going to start, start from like the very first introduction. Cause even like when he got with Pat, and when he came to scoop him, they might, cause we still don't know how they telling this story. Yeah. Cause I didn't, I didn't realize that it was, I didn't know it was a narrated by the older Meech. Yeah. So I didn't, did we confirm that's him? Cause that was a question I had. Like, I mean, not, not his actual voice. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. But that's the, the actor playing older Meech. Got you, got you, got you. Dog with the braids from the yeah. beginning. Yeah, okay. Um, cause, definitely not Meech. Yeah, because I'm like, Meech got fed time. I, I don't think they let him get on there. But I'm like, I don't know what niggas is doing these days. Niggas be on the gram. Um, but with that said, considering how the episode started in 05, when Meech came back to Detroit, jumped back to fucking late 70s, early 80s, then jumped a couple years to when them niggas were a little bit older in high school. It was like they could very much still tell the story of when that introduction to drugs came about. Also, uh, I'm not sure if y'all have listened to This Week in Culture before. You could be here just uh, for um, the BMF reviews. Yeah. Uh, but me and Aunt, you know, we from the city of Detroit. Facts. Uh, so this story... I don't want to say it's near and dear, but everybody knows somebody who was involved yeah. and had their own understanding of what happened and, and things of that nature. And uniquely, not only are we from here and we all kind of know or have heard different parts of the origins of BMF and, and Meech and Terry and then not just them two. who was involved. People who were involved in that game because I don't want niggas thinking that uh, the 50 boys in 12th Street was the only two niggas out here. No, no, no. It was a lot of shit going on back in Detroit yeah. and a lot of major players. Like, BMF went on to become gigantic in this game, but... Like like he said, and I don't think it was in this episode, yeah. but in the trailer, like, yo, I just wanted to be YBI. Fam. Young Boys and it's, Incorporated. It's, it's some stories that I'm really interested in how they tell when they do approach that, because... YBI is a whole nother that's a whole nother story to tell. I shout out to uh Bush Jones. Hey. Shout the book. Yeah. Hey, uh And that's a great book. One one of the homies, um, his dad also wrote a book. His dad, former YBI, he wrote a book. I don't know if they put it out like if it's published, it's written. And he wants to get on the pod. I told him hit you 
to get him because he wanted his dad on the pod. I ain't, ain't going to put names and all that. We can holler later. But he wanted to get on the pod for this week in culture. And I told him, yo, we don't really do like interview format. But I was like, if he wants to get on there and really discuss his book, I was like, hit my man to see about getting on Shop Talk. Because sure. either way, I tried to set that up. Hopefully he still fucking listens to this and wants to do it because I know he was really trying to help his dad shop that book for yeah, a while. Because, you know, shit, we didn't have the actual Rick yeah, Ross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On and the that's show and others. So. And I told him, I'm like, fam, it, it ain't just about an intro. Like, I sit in on the shop talk shit with him. I'm like, you ain't got to feel like you can't get at my man. But I'm like, if your dad is really trying to get his story told and get his book out there, because yeah. we know what's already out there available to read. But I'm like, if other cats from that movement is trying to put their stories out there, let them do that, man. And I told them, hit you up. Hopefully they get at y'all and, and we can politic that. Um, but all that to say, before Meech and them was doing shit at the level that they was doing it. It was YBI and a bunch of other folks. And I follow in Detroit. Uh I don't know if you know who Al Prophet is. Yep. Uh he does this shit from like the sixties. Yeah. Seventies. Yeah. His real historian. You know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah. When niggas was before the crack and cocaine when they was just moving H. Yeah. Um like yeah for sure. Which How, however, the reason I brought that up is uh and I just, I suppose how Rob probably watched Power and stuff like that in a particular era. Yeah. I just noticed so much stuff that's so uniquely Detroit yeah. that we going to talk about, I'm going to talk about, yeah. and we're probably going to talk about that that lends itself through to the authenticity. Like, I, I was impressed um, in this episode because nothing seemed forced. Yeah. But it was just little details and shit I saw in the background. I was like... Oh, yeah. Okay. I like that. So before we even get into the episode, um, I'm glad you brought Rob up. Rob Silva, third member of the pod, he sent us a voice note on BMF that I want to play before we start discussing it, just in case he got any uh, any questions for us about the episode. What's up, Ant and Jay? Didn't get a chance to watch either Power Canaan or the premiere episode of BMF, but I do have a quick question for you guys, being that you guys are from Detroit. And I haven't watched the first episode. Is there any link or coalition with BMF from Detroit and the Philadelphia Black Mafia that um, and Aunt, you and I discussed this a couple of weeks ago on Twitter when, when when discussing the Teddy Pendergrass documentary how the Philadelphia Black Mafia killed his girlfriend, the woman that was his girlfriend and manager. Was there any coalition? Was there any uh, link between that black ma mafia family and the one from Detroit? I will listen in, brothers, and I will talk to you next week after I've watched everything this week. Peace. My brother, appreciate you sending that in. Um, as far as I know to your question, I don't believe there is a link between Philadelphia Black Mafia. Um, they were also known as Black Muslim Mafia. They were centered around Muslim, uh, black Muslims, uh, Nation of Islam. They were centered around that. Um, I don't think there's any direct link between them and BMF. But if it was, I wouldn't say it. <laughs> hey, and if it was, not only would I not say it, I literally don't know. Yeah, I, do. um, I, I would not know. But that's how much I want everyone listening that's involved to know that I don't know. Yeah. Because I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, no, but I, I don't think it's a link between the two. I think they, uh, from everything I know, Meech's, like, 
I guess, desire to run this shit like the fucking mob. Like, yo, I hate that shit. Yeah. Not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In general, how Hollywood yeah. had corrupted the black folks. Mm hmm. Because they may, and I'm Italians too, because yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure they don't like to be in a, every, you Italian or you know somebody in the mob. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure they don't want that stereotype. Yeah. But they gave us this, and then everybody was like, yo, we need to be that. This is how we got to be. And the Italians like, nigga, this not us. Fam, this is the movie. Yeah. Them niggas from Goodfellas, literally all the real people was like, fam, we don't fuck, Henry Hill was a fucking crackhead, nigga. We don't listen to that. And nigga was strung out on heroin and a liar. Like no, he was a bad gambler, nigga. Yeah, so I hate how the the impact that that it had on us, Scarface, yeah. and all the mafia movies had yeah. on us, yeah. Because we went out and tried to do exactly what we saw in the movies that we saw yeah. didn't work because the police cracked it. And so you watched the movie when the police cracked it, and you figured the real police wasn't gonna do it. Said fuck it, we gotta emulate. But the reason we got to emulate is because, again, Hollywood shit is glamorized, dog. It's glamorized to the T. It, and it look, especially with the mafia shit. Goodfellas is one of my favorite movies of all time. The way they make this shit look, the, the organization and all that. It's like, yo, if you really was trying to live that life, why not model it after they just gave you this big, beautifully gam That 10 minutes of niggas cracking the case at the end and the cops coming through it don't beat the two and a half hours that you get before that of these niggas living a life and having everything and they running these fucking organizations like that. So, but for, as far as I knew, Meech's desire to fucking like BMF literally just came from that nigga just wanting to run this shit like we black the mafia. We like I mean one of the yeah. quotes in the show like we black, we running like the mafia, yeah. and we family. BMF, boom. I just hate Simple. the the the. the this love and admiration for the mafia. Yeah. And when the mafia didn't fuck with black people. Yeah, no, the mafia didn't fuck with black people, neither the fucking Hollywood. But hey, the two came together and made some classics, and now that's who we want to be. But that said, um, before we even get into the episode, man, let's talk a few few dope little details. Uh Randy Huggins. Yeah. Showrunner. Um, Detroit Native. We we mentioned them quite a few times on our podcast, uh, whether by name or just, you know. He's very involved in the Power Universe, was one of the original writers on Power when the shit was great. Also wrote some shit on uh, Power Book 2, Ghost, and is the official showrunner of BMF. Having a Detroit native involved in this shit does wonders. A writer, too. A writer. It does wonders. Because here's the thing, and it's something that I'm keeping my eye out on, but you just talked about the authenticity of episode one. Um, only about 20% of this show was actually filmed in Detroit. The other 80% was filmed in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So they made parts of Atlanta look like Detroit. But I think to the Detroit native, it'll be very fucking clear what's Detroit and, you know, what's facts, what's not. Episode one, y'all gave me Detroit. And I appreciated it, though. Y'all yeah, gave me um, pieces of Detroit where yeah. I was like, I, I know. Fam, so, y'all gave me Kobo. So the first thing that that, that, that jumped out to me, because I had to write a couple shit down, just Facts. the small details. I like that they started this shit at the fucking Amico. Hey. 
Because when the last time you pulled up to Amico? <laughs> Amico, the fucking standard, whatever, with mobile and all that. Yeah, like, yeah. Back in 80, early, sometimes in, they didn't say they didn't give an exact date, which is perfect. Sometime in the 80s. Yep. Fam, that's what it looked like. Yeah. Now, it, I it can really tell did, that wasn't uh, in Detroit. That was probably what yeah, that was that was set. Yeah. That was set. But I appreciate the callback. Yeah, I, um, I enjoyed that. Giving us these fucking, these sky views, dog. What y'all don't recognize or don't know hmm. is the song that played by Sammy Davis Jr., Hello, Hello Detroit. Detroit. That song is such a staple in the city of Detroit because Man. every morning at 6 o'clock in the morning on WJLB, Mason in the morning, played Hello, Detroit. One of the greatest broadcasters of all time. 100%. Um, shout out to Mason, still working for the Pistons, doing his thing. Detroit basketball. basketball. He's, such more, he's so much more than He's an icon. Like in, um, he, he, is, he is literally the definition of an icon, and he played Hello, Detroit every morning. At 6 a.m. I don't know if it was at 5 or 6. I'm thinking 6. No, it was at 6 because okay. I would be up. Yeah. I was never up at 5, but I for sure six was up at 6. 6 o'clock in the morning yeah. on the dot. Yeah. Hello, Detroit came out. Yeah, because like, it was 6 to 10. That yeah. was day four-hour morning block. My my, I don't I That's don't a think, staple. Like, the, when that comes on, and that's nowhere on Apple Music. Hello, Detroit is, but not yeah. the Sammy Davis version. So I got to find it on YouTube. I, 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 I ripped it yeah. and put it on my phone. But the Hello, Detroit from Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. Um, it's so Detroit. Fam. He's a, he's, he, he made a song about his love from Detroit. Detroit. Bell out after dark. Like, come on, man. It's such a staple. Uh, Shorty told me a story. She was like, her granddad used to play that all the time. She found the, the record. We mm -hmm. got it on the Sammy Davis version wow. on vinyl now. I think my father had yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and she had went it. through loops to find that shit because it was like, that's how much that means even to our era because that song was so big for us. Like, where it was big back in the day when it was out. You don't get this. You don't get that without Randy. You're not getting that at all. Randy Huggins, literally, that's a key piece to having a Detroit native run this show and write for this show. Like, that's because without him, you get Coney Island's. Yeah, you might get the Fago in the in the better made chips. Shout out to somebody on the Twitter uh, mentioned that uh, I do do not live here. Yeah, it was like he been listening to Shop Talk and he been listening to This Week of Culture so long that when um, they walk into a Coney Island in the show, he felt like hey, he knew what it was. Hey. Like, yo, that's a Coney. Yo, it was funny. Even dog talking about the loose burger, nigga. Yeah. Went, like little shit like that. Like loose burger. And here's the thing: most niggas I know don't eat a loose burger. Fuck is a loose burger. But you gotta know what a loose burger is. Like, you give me some chili fries and cheese, like, this bro. Like I, I had one loose burger in my life, and I was actually upset when I ate it because it wasn't that bad, and I was like ready to hate. I was about to say, like, what is, now, what is this generic-ass Coney they went to? But I was like, I don't know what the fucking Coney I looked like in 1980-something. And here was the other thing. Dog was from E-Course. Yeah. That was... That was an E-Course. So here was the thing. That was a generic-looking Coney in the 80s in E-Course. Yeah, because cause that Coney looked like a diner yeah. versus the bulletproof glass that's normally in the Because we think about Coney's, we know when shit didn't let off. Yeah. But before shit was the, letting off. That was B.C. Yeah, this was... Uh, before crack. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because before crack yeah. and after crack is, is, is It's different. a different era, dog. Um, shit, that was low-key. If your Coney ain't got bulletproof glass, that shit ain't hitting. Fam, if your Coney... 
If you go into Yokoni, <laughs> Yokoni too safe, nigga. Drive through only. I don't nigga. fuck with the drive through though. I only fuck with drive through. I, I don't feel. I don't. I don't like being. I don't like sitting in cars. I got you. So when I pull up, yeah, I look in there and see how many people in that bitch. And, and like, make it, your move, and that determines if I'm getting some Coney from this Coney Island or not. Last time, because I only go to TJ's on Eight Mile between Evergreen and Losser. Last time I went inside of TJ's was after a wedding. I'm in a full tuxedo and I got to the drive-thru and she said, hey, our car machine down. You got to come in and get to use the ATM. So I looked in there and I said, all right, there's two niggas in there. I could get with them if we got to go there, but I'm in a full tux going to the ATM to get some coney. Look like I got money. I took my <laughs> drunk ass in there, nigga, and I've never been like, I sat all the way against the fucking back wall watching them two niggas the whole time. Like, I'm getting my coney, bro. But a non-Detroit native could call out shit like that. You're not calling out to Sammy Davis Jr. You're not fucking floating over downtown and showing Kobo. Like, these is real central pieces. I tell you what, what was so central about that. So, we, um, small details, right? Yeah, yeah. I like the block party. Fam. Because that's a thing. Fam. And I like the fact that these niggas was out there jitting. They was out there jitting. Now, Randy, I got a problem with how this scene was handled. Because when they was jitting, dog that met up with uh with Meech at the beginning when he pulled up to the crib, dog say, man, look at his footwork. <laughs> niggas ain't never said look at, unless footwork was planned. Yeah. When let me see your footwork is on, let me see your niggas to say something about some footwork. I, but I what? wanted them to say the word jitting in there. I did. So I, I thought about because I can tell that was quote unquote jit music, right? Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't what it was because they probably had to clear that shit and pay somebody for it. And you know what? With a lot of that jit music too, I don't even know who the fuck you pay because so much of that shit yeah. was like mixes and so samples. I can tell they, they, cause it sounded like some jit yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it's it was, hard to. They threw some house music on. Yeah. And they just let that play and niggas was getting busy. But I appreciated that block party in Southwest right up front. I appreciated the Wonder Bread that was at the block party. Man, man. Because that that particular bag yeah. don't exist no more. No, I don't know where no. I got it from. And that was what, 05 was when they when they showed him walk back. Yeah. Like, that's real, dog. Yeah, I fuck with that. Yo, even that, man. Let's let's talk again, dog. This this show is a very small part of the conversations that I want to have, man. Um, we gonna get into the details, but like the legend of BMF. The reason I'm so excited about this show and how they starting it off in Detroit is because it fucking focuses on BMF and Meech and Terry in Detroit. Most niggas don't know BMF until they in Atlanta. And they set up down there. And then Terry go to fucking California. Like, so much of the story ain't told when you hear niggas talking about BMF. I'm so happy to see them focus on the Detroit part of this. Most people don't even know. Meech wasn't even born here. He was born in Ohio. Like, Cleveland or some shit. To see them start this story in Detroit, to get all these callbacks to Detroit and see how important they were to that part of Detroit before Atlanta ever was a thing. I'm just really fucking happy about it, dog. So, a um, couple things. We're going to get some Detroit love right now. So Facts. Sit back, relax. Um, when they pulled up to Kobo. Yeah. One, as soon as they pulled up, I knew exactly what was the fuck happening. Yep. Because of a very small detail, a little poster that was on the wall that said MHSAA. Yep. So off rip, I said, Kobo, oh, this is the city finals basketball. 
because that's a thing. So well, it was a thing. It was a thing. It was a thing because soon as I seen that Michigan High School um, athletic, athletic Association, Association yep. soon as I saw that and I saw them the, the columns, I'm like, oh, yo, niggas have Kobo because that shit was a thing probably to about 2005-ish to, to basketball switched to the yeah. AAU shit. Yeah. Because not in those days, but niggas used to go to the finals uh, at Kobo and snatch Cardis. Facts. Niggas snatch Yays. Trying to get, was, you was getting ran up. Yeah. On. Now, prior to that, they were probably snatching some gazelles or some yeah. shit. You know what I'm saying? But like, I knew for a shit, because that's a, the city came out yeah. for the, 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 the basketball finals at Kobo. It's a thing. Adults. Yeah. Nigga, we, that is a thing. I seen a few people on Twitter um, talking about show uh, people who one of them I know isn't from here. Yeah. Um, the other conversations that was happening under this thread, I imagine they aren't from here. They was like, "Yo, um, them they, I knew Meech and them was gonna go down from the first time I seen them in the Big Fur." And I was like, "Then they can start having a convo." Oh, Frank Lucas told us or taught us, you don't wear the fucking uh, full length fur. Don't Nigga, wear the full length fur. Everybody got a fucking. Here's the fur. thing in Detroit: what make you hot ain't the full length fur. It's the Cardis. <laughs> Cardi's is hotter than the fur. Nigga, everybody got a fur. Your grandma wear a fur. Your auntie got a fur. Your uncle wear a fur. Everybody wearing a fur. My grandma had eight. She gave them to all her daughters. Fam. Everybody got a fucking Everybody in Detroit has fur coats. Now, granted, I don't feel I'm old enough to rock the fur yet. Yeah. I'm not. Maybe I'm be 40 this year. (laughs) No, well, next year. I don't. I'm. I hate that. You know what I'm saying? So, look. I never was me and. I never was a fan of dudes in the fur coat. Yeah. I understood, especially back in this era that we discussing to, why I, niggas warm. I have to do the waist length, boy. Oh, I'm never doing a full length. That's just me. I don't know. I won't I don't, never. Here's the thing. Because sometimes you might want to pop out. No, here's the thing, dog. I never felt tall enough to pull off the full length to uh, give it the dramaticness that I feel like. Yo, that, that, the, yo the fur they had on this version of Meech was the baggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yo, y'all could. Meet your little dude. <laughs> like, Lil Meet's a little dude, dog. Like, give like, him. I'm talking about the oh, older, uh, older, older version beat. of 05 like, yo, yo, I didn't. That was the biggest fur. First of all, it had a train. Yeah. I didn't need the fur with a train when he walked like, through the alley on in Southwest. I'm like, all right, Roy Drove. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't like it. But no, I feel like for the full length as a dude, and this probably, Walt Frazier, NBA, former NBA player, legend. He wore the full length back in the day, and it looked so cold because, nigga, I'm seven feet tall yeah. and got a whole thing of fur. That looked hard to me, dog. Other than that, dudes, rock the fucking the, the waist boy, man. That's just me. But either way, to your point, I ain't never felt old enough to wear the fur. I feel like I need at least one kid to rock a fur. <laughs> like, I can't just throw a fur on to go to, uh, like, again, this is Detroit. Fox, we go to the Fox with the fur. That's the first place I think of when I think of niggas wearing fur coats. You go, go to, to the, the Fox. Fox. I mean, where else you go? Comedy on? show. Or, Concert. or Kobo. Kobo. But Kobo is TCF now. F- facts. And TCF, and TCF just, don't just, ring off like that. TCF just merged with Huntington. So. Yeah, and none of that says wear your fur. How the fuck do you get, you pay for your name to be on Cobo for the next 20 years and then and you then change you your name. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Bullshit. Probably because you paid for Cobo. <laughs> anyway, um, I had a few things that I liked before we get into the episode that weren't necessarily Detroit because, again, we love Detroit as the backdrop to this show, even the parts where I know that was probably Atlanta and not Detroit. Meech playing his dad, bro. 
Yeah. That so I, we've seen this before. Obviously, recently we saw it in uh, Straight Outta Compton with Junior playing Cube. Did a phenomenal job. But like, yo, dog, I just think that's so fucking dope. And he even said it. I got a quote from uh, from Little Meech that I wanted to pull up. He said, I already knew a lot about my dad and my uncle that my father used to tell me. And I used to see when I was growing up. But this was a whole different experience because now I had to learn about them in their childhood, when they grew up and what choices they made to become who they are today. Like, fam, it's a certain amount my dad can tell me that I'm like, oh, that's the shit. But I'm probably not asking you, yo, what was it like when you was a kid in the 80s? Yeah. And uh, shout out to um, T. Uh, the guy playing Terry from uh, All American. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know his last name, but his his name on everything is Da Vinci. Yeah. So shout out to Da Vinci. Um, he really got with. So again, he thinking spent of a lot of time with the family with Terry specifically. Yeah. Like, shout out to Terry getting released in time to be a part of this show. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because I mean, when he first got out, one of the pictures he took. Technically, was the front of the house that they was at. Yeah, I didn't yep. even realize. Yeah, that. <laughs> and he got pics with uh with Da Vinci, them on the set, him kind of walking them through and coaching them through. That's such a moment, dog. Like you can't buy the same way we was talking about Randy being involved in this shit and having that Detroit native. You can't buy certain shit. Like, all right, this is this is super super detailed. Okay, no one noticed this shit except me. Okay, when they was in the crib, um, getting ready in the morning. Open the refrigerator. Yep. I already know what you're talking about. Inside the refrigerator. Yep. I don't. There was a glass with the purple stuff in it. Yep. There. I had that exact same fucking glass. Yeah. How? how? Fam, everybody Did, had that. <laughs> everybody. So literally, I knew what you was talking about. When you open the fridge, top shelf, it was straight grape drink right there, nigga. But that, the, the, the glass. That, gla- that container, that carafe. I had it. Everybody had that it. That was the Detroit carafe, nigga. <laughs> That's the container that we drank fucking purple Kool-Aid out of, nigga. That's just what it was. And dog. the U of M uh, uh, University of Michigan Kool-Aid pitcher. Big-ass yellow pitcher with a, the, the, the maze, well, the blue joint, anyway. um, I loved that. All right, so I love Lil Meech playing his dad. Something else that I love with this shit that was just unique as fuck and not Detroit. Fam, a two-parent household. Yeah. Like, we're not seeing the traditional drug story of, yo, it was me and my mom, and I watched her struggle, and I got tired of it, so I went out. No, we're seeing two loving parents. I saw a lot of conversations online today about how affectionate their dad was, Charles Flinnery. He really was hugging them. Kiss. They said he was like that in real life, nigga. Like, he hugged us. He told us, I love you every day. We went to school. Like, nothing about our household said we're going to become two of the largest drug traffickers to ever exist, yeah. nigga. Like, there was only one inconsistency I saw, and there was no way for them. There was no way for them to fix it. Okay. And I understand why they let it go. Okay. Uh, in Southwest yep. or down, down river. Down river. Uh, you know what's all that industrial shit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they got one of the. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they got... <laughs> Yo, this was so. <laughs> they got. And it's no way to fix. It's no it, way to dog. fix the shit, right? <laughs> While they doing a little a little aerial shot, they show this big ass water container, whatever it is, but they got the Detroit With Pistons, the Pistons logo logo on there. 
but the current Detroit Pistons logo is a throwback from the old logo. Yeah. So they kind of like played it off, but that's that's you got to be from here to know that. It, and it's so if you really knew where that was, you would know why we're saying there's no way to fix it. You'd have to repaint the whole thing. They're it's not just, doing that. That no wasn't ever going to happen. But it was. Um, I think it was in around that scene where they were playing baseball. Yes, and yes. they were out on the field down in River Rouge, yeah. and uh, that area. It's a very prominent when you're riding up 75 North. 100. percent It's very prominent. You see this big ass water tank, whatever the fuck it is, with the Detroit Pistons logo. It's, it's, it's been it's there for like years. A basketball. Yeah, now. it's painted like a basketball. It's been there for literally decades. It's no way around that being that. <laughs> Somebody tweeted, they said 50 Cent creating a Marvel Universe for drug dealers. <laughs> Yo, he really did. The drug averse. So, something else I liked about the, the, the show, um, Tasha Smith directed this. Uh, Tasha Smith from ATL fame, Why Did I Get Married fame, played Sean's mama in Power. She'd been around for a minute. Um, she directed this first episode. She also directed the first episode of another show that premiered last week called Our Kind of People on ABC. Um, Morris Chestnut, few other folks in there, Lance Gross. I watched the first episode. Uh, for me, it was a bit Empire-ish and... I didn't like Empire, but I know a lot of folks did, so that might attract folks. Um, but I'm going to keep watching it because it's a black show on ABC and we don't have that much on uh, primetime television. Final thing, shout yeah, out yeah. to the Better Made Chips that was in it. Better Made and Fago. Yeah. Better Made Chips and Fago Pop. It is called Pop Not Soda. Um, it is what it is, folks. Fam, that's soda. just what it is. Like It's called Pop. Don't ever ask me if shout I want to soda. Pop bro. Not Soda podcast. Shout out. And fucking phenomenal name, by the way. Um, Better Made Chips and Fago in the first episode, nigga. Beautiful, dog. And it was like casual. Yeah. It wasn't like, yo, give me them Better Made Chips. Like, So they did do a few things throughout the episode that were like that very like obvious call out. So I can appreciate the casual shit that wasn't like, hey, I'm eating Better yeah, Made in Fago. It was just somebody just had a bag of chips. And I, I think like, their little sister was just walking up eating some chips. And then my favorite chips. Yeah. It was the Flame I mean, It was the Flame Red Hot joints. Yeah, Red Hot Better Made. Um, shout out to. 25 Cent Bag. Hey, The Shelter, City Club, Cheeks. Some of the other little spots they showed around the city that I wasn't necessarily old enough to frequent. The best shrimp in the city. Hey. It was really, um, I don't know, man. I, I just, I appreciate this shit spotlighting Detroit in that era. You know why I'm spending so, we 35 minutes in this yeah. motherfucker. You know why I'm spending so much time on this shit? Why? It's because growing up, I felt like I knew every hood in New York City because of rappers. Yeah. And what they talked about. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I want people to know my neighborhood. Fam. People to know my city, my culture versus I know about all the Brooklyn, Queens, yeah. Manhattan, Staten. I know all the five boroughs. I know, yo, on this side of 142nd, 140. You know, yeah. I, I already know. Oh, 40 side of Vernon or this shit. Like, I, I know all these terms and terms. You literally know where hip hop would start it, like the block. But I, 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 I don't frequent New York City. I've been one time yeah. when I was younger. So, yeah. like, for me to know different things, not clearly, not like a New Yorker. Yeah. But no. Nah. But you know enough to. To talk about different areas of New York. Yeah, so now get familiar with my shit. Yeah, and it, so um, a few people hit me in the DM and uh, listeners of the pod who said they had never heard of E-Course, 
Really? And they were asking, they not from here. Oh. They not from here. Um, and they said they never heard of E-Course and was basically asking, like, proximity. Um, so just to, so where did they focus on? River Rouge, E-Course, and Southwest. Yeah. I mean, they said it in the show. Yeah. And they literally put the map up. You like, can be on one corner and see all three. It really is that close. Um, Southwest Detroit is just west of downtown Detroit. It is literally... If E-Course, and it's funny because we don't even necessarily split E-Course and River Root. All that shit is downriver. Yeah, downriver. Downriver. Taylor. Taylor. I used all to that. stay in Taylor. I used to stay yeah, downriver. Downriver. I do. Niggas, don't, niggas from here don't even say that right now. At yeah. least. Um, But if you were going to E-Course or River Rouge from Southwest, all you do is just stay on 75. That's it. If you're not taking 75 and you go the other way through the street, it's literally like they said on the show. You can be on the corner of one and be a block away from the other or be across the street from the other. Like, it's that close. So if a nigga from E-Course or River Rouge say I'm from Detroit, okay. I'm not. It's, nigga, not, it's not one of them. Nigga, you ain't from me. Yeah, no, no it ain't. It's okay. It, but they won't. They will tell you I'm from yeah, River Yeah, they Rouge. will claim they shit. They're not going to be like, but if they were like, oh, I'm from Detroit, or they out of town and say, where you from? I'm from Detroit. Yeah. Yes, you are. Yeah, you from Detroit, because that's the same, right there. It's the same And shit. y'all can stake claim to that big Pistons basketball we was just talking about. So, whatever. It's out there. Um, But I didn't realize, and I mean, you know, it's metro areas of, or metropolitan areas of a major city. I guess I just never thought about crews from back then being from downriver. Yeah. But I'm like, nigga, we had. <laughs> Trying to sell drugs everywhere. <laughs> hey, and that was, I, I started thinking about it. I was like, because I'm like, damn, I ain't, I ain't realized, you know, we was finna get. With them being from Southwest, I guess I never thought they were going to explore like that territory. Like, yeah, it wasn't just Southwest Detroit. It was downriver. All that shit is real connected. Yeah, River Rouge is this is a dangerous place. Rouge is a wild area. Rouge is very fucking wild. Um, but then I started thinking about like, eh, we had nigga real killers in Inkster and all like so th- that's when I started to think, like, yeah, okay, yeah, it wasn't Inkster. just shout out to the twins. Yeah, shout out to the twins. And that's I was like, okay, it, it was deeper than them talking about Southwest, you couldn't necessarily ignore all the outskirts. Um, but I appreciated them going into the detail that they went into. So let's talk about the show, man. Uh, we started the episode with Meech coming back in 05, just going back to Southwest, going back to his neighborhood. They had the block party for him. Welcome home, Meech. Dog was a little too excitable. <laughs> that ran up on him like well, he's the, a superstar. the welcome committee. And it's I get that. 2005? 2005, Meech, you might be hyped when you see Meech. Um, this is right before. This is when I'm running around with Easy. This is right before they got locked. Yeah, because this was like this that was 05. Yeah. <laughs> so this is like <laughs> January 05. Because <laughs> you've been seeing me in videos with Fab. Yeah, this, yeah. Because a few months from now, I've already took. It's a case. I've taken the city of Atlanta on a on a, on an airplane. On a ride, nigga. <laughs> I flew in trees from Africa to my birthday party at Compound and animals, nigga. <laughs> I'm not even gonna do the line, nigga. But where were you? <laughs> um, no, nah, man, it's it's just it started off with that 05 look at older Meech, braided Meech with the fur. And then we jumped back to the 80s, man, to when they was kids. And we got a little glimpse of their household, yo. So they they pops working plant worker. What most men in Detroit or Metro Detroit back then were. Or e-course. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Or so, like them Southwest. A lot of these cities. Yeah. Um, I think it said like yo, founded in 1944. Yeah. Yo, a lot of these cities were made specifically because there was a plant. Yeah. They made a city for plant workers. Yep. Um, Pontiac is it only exists because of the plant. Yeah. And everybody there. This was a in my conspiracy bag. Okay. Um, it was set up that way. Yeah. And when they closed down plants, they killed entire communities and then introduced some drugs. And what do you think is going to happen? Hey, it's just come on, man. It's it's gentrification one on one, dog. Um, yo, something else. Just don't have nothing to do with nothing, but the way it was broken down, I want to see this shit broken down about gentrifying. So it's a show on Netflix called How to Become a Tyrant, and it focuses on um, Muammar Gaddafi, uh, Idi Amin, Hitler, Saddam Hussein, like a bunch of like. Do we got any U.S. presidents in there? No, no, shit. no. Um, it focused on the the Kim family, so the Kim Jong Il, like their whole family, all the way back to like the great 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 grandfather. But anyway, no Bushes. No, 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 no. Only uh, only foreign tyrants in this one. Um, but the way that they broke it down, it was almost like every episode was like a playbook of what tyrants did across the board. Like, yo, this is how you get the media. They got a whole episode about how Stalin twisted the media back in Russia and Ukraine and basically was Marxism, literally, what they was talking about in this episode. And they made it sound like it was so good. Yeah, and it was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's hey. I'm not a Marxist. Hey, um, but then uh, they had a whole episode about that. They had one about basically like how to ruin the economy as a leader, so you could like, yo, Idi Amin, fam, he, Idi Amin literally removed all Indian people from Uganda. Apparently, there were like. Gent or generations of Indians who had been there like seven, eight, nine, ten generations. Like they've been there for a while. And that nigga said, Yo, y'all got nine weeks. Nine Mondays from now, all Indians gotta be gone. And they was like Indian people back then. They just like drove they self to the airport, drove their families, left their keys in the car, left the car running, got on the plane. So that's not the only country to get rid of the Indians. No, no, hmm. no. It it wasn't just us. Idi Amin had a playbook to follow. But anyway, all that to say, I would love to see a similar fucking doc break down about like different areas that have been gentrified and and so sort of plagiarized with drugs. What's interesting is uh, coming up on Shop Talk, uh, we have a, a expert, yeah, um, who's going to break that information down for us. Mm. Mm. Very. Um, this week. Uh, I got to confirm the dates, either okay. this week or next week. Okay. If um, it's this week, I can't make it. Next week, I'm in the building, though. But uh, you know the 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 signs, hood is close to gentrifiers? Yep. That gentleman. Got you. Yeah. Got, oh, yeah. Yeah. Let me know when, uh, when that's confirmed, dog, because I would like to be here. Because that's a conversation that, again, is happening right here in our face. That discussion that we just talked about with areas like E-Course, with areas like Pontiac. Fam, they put plants in these cities— Made they created these cities from plant workers, and then when the plant shut down, left the whole city to starve, nigga. left the city to die, left the city to do drugs and get addicted, left the city to fucking drug dealers and gangs and heroin addicts, fam. And you wonder why niggas ain't moving to Pontiac like that, fam. Look what you turn into the city, you turned that. But look right across the way to Auburn Hills, though. You ain't do that over there. You ain't do that over there. Anyway, man. Um, yo, I like the. The way you just framed that shit about how much we know about New York. 
in all the boroughs and all the different areas in New York based on TV and movies and just sort of pop culture in general. Because you wouldn't know none of this shit about Metro Detroit. And we're going to make sure we give it to y'all. So we get Meechin them from the beginning, man. We see him and young Terry. They fighting over fucking food. They looking for food. Meechin ate a bowl of cereal. Terry don't got nothing to eat because ain't no more fucking milk. Pops comes downstairs. Typical dad shit. Yo, you letting all the cold air out of my refrigerator? Yeah, I miss my, hearing shit like that. My icebox. <laughs> oh, my icebox. He like, man, he like, I'm just looking for something to eat, Pop. I'm starving. Boy, you better eat some cereal. Boy, you ain't raising no, you ain't raising no silver spoon. You better finish your brother's milk. You use your brother milk. Cause he, Terry told mom, like, mom, we out of milk again. You ain't got no silver spoon in your mouth. Use your brother milk. Shout out to that government block cheese that was in there too. I saw it hey, sitting pretty in orange, wasn't Best it? Best grilled cheese sandwiches ever. Fam, because it's gonna take an hour to melt it. <laughs> but uh like I uh, yo, we've had government cheese. We've had powdered milk that my mom used to pour inside of regular milk to act like it we wasn't. Facts. Uh, we had those, um, the cereal with the white box. With the white with, and the black the box? Black, the white white box with black letters and shit? Yeah. We ain't never, hey, shared, on, we ain't never shared the milk out of both. Fam, here's the thing. Because I'm not. If we was out of milk, we I just eat. ate a dry bowl of cereal, nigga. <laughs> I'm not eating cereal today. I'm, I'm eating them bitches. I'm eating the cornflakes like it's. I'm chips. eating them, yeah, straight out the bag. Like I don't, I'm, I'm never sharing milk. I'm not eating your old milk, bro. Like sorry. And we also, cause my dad was weird. Uh, if we ain't had regular milk, it was always some pet milk in the fridge. Mm. Pet milk everywhere, nigga. My dad only used pet milk for cereal. I don't know why, but it was always something there. I'm a whole adult. I have no idea what pet milk is. It's just uh, I, I I literally asked somebody recently like, is that for pets? Because <laughs> why the fuck is it called pet milk? No, it's just uh, uh, what word am I looking for? Evaporated milk. You just gotta add water. Like that's it's liquefied, but you add water. It's kind of like condensed milk. That's all it is. Like how you got condensed soup, you gotta add water to that shit, kind of make it less salty. You do that shit with the pet milk, make it less sweet. That's what you're supposed to do with the soup. Yeah, you ain't supposed oh, to just eat the can of. <laughs> hey, I didn't know that until I was in college. <laughs> like, yo, this is this is what it is. <laughs> I was like, no, I just thought shit was salty because soup be salty, nigga. I didn't know. This yeah, is the best chicken little soup I did. <laughs> Better put some water on that damn shit. <laughs> um, so we get a glimpse though. Like, this is a two family household. You can kind of see right up front. You got a real strong like matriarchal and patriarchal presence in the house and we never see that in these fucking dr drug and crime stories dog so i thought that shit was impressive but also like that they showing like yeah we still struggle nigga moms work at wendy's dad work at the plant and we barely paying the mortgage around this motherfucker we got pink slips on the door nigga like it's still a reason that terry and meach started selling drugs nigga so let's have a conversation about that what's going on uh, because his mama had a conversation about it and um, I don't think people want to admit this but it is what it is he was like I want to work at no fucking Wendy's yeah. so you think you better than me she said I work there you think you better than me and let's keep it real there are other options yeah. you just don't want to do them yeah. because you think that shit beneath you yeah. I'm not saying they not but like Yo, this is my only option. All I had to, only thing I could do was get out there on the streets, sell drugs, rob niggas, do this. No, you did have other options. Yeah. Like, you can work an actual job. You had another job. You had the Wendy shirt on, nigga. 
But here was the thing. If your mom was working at Wendy's and you were supposed to be working at Wendy's, you ain't think mom was going to see you not show up to work. Come on, huh? But like I don't I don't subscribe to yo I, I didn't have I didn't know I had to sell drugs. No, you didn't have to. You wanted to. No, no, no. Only nigga who ever had to do some shit was Kane. I had to get him. <laughs> had I to. had to get him. If you wasn't Kane getting that nigga for the motherfucking yeah. uh No, that's not no. that's not me saying that you right, wrong, no. and I'm in, but listen, don't hit me with that, yo, I had to do this because no. you didn't have to. It's, it's definitely options. But to that point, and I'm glad that she framed the question, you think you better than me. Yes, he ain't say that. But no, it's a, mine ain't that. Like no, no, man. mine ain't that. You'd be like, no, I think you better than that, just, nigga. That's how you respond. Yeah. There was also a conversation on 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 Facebook. I said they said if I saw um a bill, if I'm rich, yeah, and I saw a bill that showed that we about to get um foreclosed on, I would just send in the money instead of having a battle with my mom whether she's gonna take it or not. Yeah. Then so, somebody was like, well, from my from my high school dropout, like nigga, just because he dropped out, I don't mean yeah, nigga, not it, a fucking nigga, like he a fucking brute. Or, uh, he's dumb. Nas dropped out of high school. Y'all think he the smartest rapper ever? Yeah. Like, come on, bro. But like in that particular yeah. situation, nigga, just send a fucking check. And and send here's the, money the thing: order. send the money order, send the cash, send the fucking COD, whatever the fuck, and, and don't, don't say, say a word. But on the flip side, you also got to think this was the beginning of that era of. Young cats getting this type of money and their parents starting to show that like resent like niggas might not have known mom would have an issue with because you think you're doing something big like, yo, I'm saving the house. I'm helping my little sister go on her trip. You don't think they'll find a problem with it until they do. Until they find out you out here selling crack. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you're selling crack. Yeah. During the height of the crack era. Yeah. Not even the height of 88 is probably like. And that's, 86, probably 86. This 80 something. So yeah. we don't know exactly when, but we know, hey. Crack is out. Like it's available. Y'all see what this shit doing to folks. So like yeah. you don't think that that would be And I'm I'm with I'm with that send the money in idea, but I also think that that's one of them things that niggas literally during this time, you probably just ain't know your fucking folks was gonna object to it till you offered it. Give your little sister the fucking money. Now that I was with, like, fam. Why while they arguing at the table, soon as we all leave. No, just give her the fucking money. Here's the thing. He might not even know shit about the trip till sis brought it up. Like, yo, mom and dad, I still need that money for my trip. Soon as dinner over, nigga, walk up to little sis, hand her this bread. That's it. Yo, sis, don't say shit. Because guess what, nigga? If you fucking pulled the damn pink. Cause like you're not eviction notice like out. You're smart. Yeah, you know we're supposed to, like you sell drugs in private because you know it's wrong. Facts, right? Because the police would arrest me. You know your parents. You know your father. You know you know them your whole life. Literally, like you know he not about to. He a prideful man. He not about to take that shit. Yeah, like come on, my nigga. Dog, I just feel like it was TV Meech, that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> real Meech. What's up, bro? Do what you do, man. Yeah, no, real Meech, you can you can live your life, bro. We never mad. Um, but off top, you could tell they dad was too prideful for this shit. I also can tell that they like Terry more than they like Oh, 100 percent Dad shit. at least. Yeah. Shit, mom, mom too. Yeah, like, yo, you the bad one, he the good one. Whole time. Fam. <laughs> but it's also Ironic, not funny. Um, ironic, the same way that it was ironic later when they got caught up in 05 on who was on them tapes 
them two years and 900 hours worth of tapes. Say what you want about Meech. He ain't never fuck up. Hey. He ain't never get caught. Yes, he was. And, and I see them establishing the tone in episode one. Meech was the loud, brash one. Da, 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 Terry was the quiet, more reserved, you know, sit back. Kind of they trying to make it like sort a. Sort of, but he on up the strap. Yeah. Fam. And then, but then they threw it. At, and Meech was like, yo, nigga, why you pulling the strap? Nigga, that's my thing. That, that ain't you. They setting it up like that. But again, when you look at, yo, the parents love Terry because he was the good one who stayed in school the whole time. He was Meech's partner. And then the cops was after Meech because he was the loud one but didn't have shit on him. But Terry was the one on them tapes. 900 hours. It's a lot of fucking hours worth of conversations. Most of them about how you think your brother going to bring heat. It's a lot, dog. It's just ironic, man. And salute to both of them, but it's just ironic the way that you, that the shit all broke down. It's kind of like some Marvin and Lulu, Damon Biggs. Yeah. Hey, Dame was the loud brash one. Biggs went to prison. Hey, it don't always pay to be the quiet, chill one, dog, because they might be after you when you think they had your man. Uh, anyway, we learned early that Meech dropped out. Terry was in school. And he got a baby already. Meech got a baby already. So kind of to the point of us talking about uh, we saw that dad and mom like Terry more. Meech saw it, too, because when they were sitting at the dinner table, they like, yo, you got to graduate school. You going to be on the honor roll again? Graduate, get you a good job so you can raise that baby. The whole time, Meech sitting there like, I got a baby. A little Meech. <laughs> he right around the corner. <laughs> like, I take care of my kid. Um, nigga, Meech said Feeling a little nauseated right now. I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> what I tell you about being proper at this table? Made him take his chain off. Like, y'all niggas know what time it is. I can't even wear my meat chain at dinner. I didn't. I didn't drop out of school. Still living at home. I got hella money. Fam. And I have my shirt buttoned to the neck. Like, let me wear With my chain, giant, dog. Like, come on. Y'all like, come on, dog. Um, Shout out to Cash Down. All right. Let's get into it because Twitter went crazy. Detroit Twitter went crazy. I went to crazy too. Jay and Detroit Twitter went crazy I'm last love night. Um, I found out she was pregnant. First of all, congrats to Cashaw. Congrats. She got a baby on the way. I don't know. Uh, how we go, I don't know how we're gonna make this thing work. <laughs> but salute to her and uh, and the homie Tracy down in Atlanta. It's her baby dad. I thought he was from here. I don't know where he's from. I know oh. he's been in Atlanta since I was in Atlanta. Oh. And that's where I met the nigga. Um, I don't know where he's from, though. Uh, but salute to both of them. They got a kid on the way. That's exciting. Cast off. Hey. Hey. Hi, cast off. <laughs> Yo, first time on screen. <laughs> she came right out. But bald naked on them. Hey man, I like uh, I like Cash. A lot of niggas been waiting to see Cash doll naked on the internet for a long time. Should have caught her those those first days. They wasn't there. Wasn't they there. was not there. Um, but new Cash doll, current Cash doll. A lot of niggas been waiting. She came out on though. BMF, but also think she just did a good job in general. Yeah, I really like. Do. And I'm hoping. I know we'll probably see her some more. Um, because her baby daddy is gonna be a a key part to this show, or at least this season. Um, so I'm hoping we see more of her. But Not I think even her baby daddy, just her ex. Oh yeah, because he wasn't the kids' daddy. <laughs> Yo, the way the way she delivered that line off top, Cash Doll won the night for me. Cause she say, um, 
And she said it with, like with care though. Yeah, like you know, I already told him. I already told you that wasn't your baby. Like, come on, man. Come on. Uh, what was his name? Lamar. Come on, Lamar. Like, nigga. Like, give me a. I'm trying to be cool, but now you claiming my baby. He like, well, look, I just want to see her. Cash dog. He just want to come in the house, man. It's it's you in there. Shout out to the 12th Street niggas. They kind of had the 12th Street niggas talking a little New Yorkish for me. Niggas were sounding like unique. Young boy, young old boy from uh, making the band and um, and Snowfall. Wasn't he on Snowfall? Yeah, he was. Yeah, on Snowfall. yeah. And Walking Dead. Yep, yep. Um, I forgot about him on Walking Dead. Yeah, he made it a good five, six episodes. He did before we caught the yeah. Shout out to them. Um, Obviously, we know the conflict is going to be between the 50 boys and the 12th Street niggas. Yo, shout out to Lil Zane. Yeah. Shout out to Lil Zane for being an original 50 boy out here, yeah. nigga. He got that young old face he got. Yo, Lil Zane <laughs> with the highest high top with a receding hairline we've ever seen. Um, but no, salute to him, man. I, one of the more random I was like, placements. I was like, is that Lil Zane? So I seen uh, a few weeks ago, just randomly looking at BMF shit as we were coming into the season premiere, I ended up seeing that he was a part of the cast on Instagram. And matter of fact, no, it wasn't me and Shorty was watching something and they was playing anywhere in the background by 112 and Lil Zane. And she's he channeled his inner inner Tupac. Yeah. And she said, uh, where's Lil Zane? So I went straight to Instagram. It was like little Zane popped up and I saw all BMF shit on the top. I'm like, oh shit, I had no clue he was in BMF. I ain't mad at it, dog. Hell he one of the 50 boys. Shout out to old girl that played Kato. That's in the gang. She was in some other shit. I've seen her in like, uh, she was in, uh, what's the Tyler Perry movie with Taraji? Um, start with an A. I feel she like, was in that. I feel like old boy um, who said, uh, not the, that you clean up nice. I feel like that's old boy from, um, I know it's not. But I feel like that's old boy from Slim, Queen and Slim that shot the cop. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I, I see the resemblance. Yeah, it's I not see him, the resemblance. Yeah. But like similar like, face. Yeah. Um he also looked like dog that played Ralph Tresvant yeah. uh in the new edition joint. But I just appreciated the the Cato character because um shit, for the again, sort of first, the same way I said this first time we seen a drug story with a two parent household. It's one of the first times we seen a drug story where like the girl or a girl on the show isn't like a mom, a sister, a girlfriend, a baby mama. Like, no, she part of the gang, nigga, and she ain't fucking with nobody, at least not right now. So I could appreciate that. Once they saw her clean up, I was like, all right, somebody might try to fuck with her later. But I just respected them having a girl on the show who wasn't the typical fucking mom relation or whatever. Um, What'd you think about the Lamar character. Uh, everybody needs a villain. Yeah. I, I Also, I like the disclaimer at the beginning of the movie. I mean, beginning of the project. It was kind of like, yo, this is based on a true story. Some of this shit has been changed and this. But a lot of this shit happened. Most of this shit. Some yeah. of this shit probably really happened. Yeah. Um, there are, there, there are definitely going to be some made for TV liberties taken. 100%. I think that Lamar dude, first of all, salute to the actor. Uh, Cause I actually thought he he pulled off that crazy, very yeah. Like from the minute he walked into Coney, yo, where Duke at? Oh, uh, I think you're talking about Dennis, sir. 
No, nigga, what the, that nigga said Coney's belong downtown, <laughs> nigga. Like, loose burgers belong in the hood, nigga. What the fuck you mean y'all changed the menu? You ain't got no loose burger. The way he came at Dog and then the way he came at Cash Doll later and he ran, and over, ran over Meech, that scene I really wasn't feeling. Because what? <laughs> like, everybody was too cool, <laughs> nigga. Like, like Meech. Like, well, first off, what a, what a, what a, nigga, where's the blicky? Fam. I know you was mad Terry brought the joint to the thing, but you don't have a gun in, in general, nigga? Because, oh, nigga. Ju- nigga, this is Detroit. Fam. So, so so the murder rate, the murder capital, and how it was fucked up? That came from this era. So Detroit currently right now is still ranked the most violent place in the country. Yeah, yeah. Our murder rate is, even though it's crazy, yeah. it's less than what it was in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. You'll, like right now, Detroit ranks for violent crimes with like assaults and robberies and that sort of shit. Murders in the 80s and 90s? What's so crazy is how, how as dangerous as Detroit is right now, yeah. if you look at all the FBI crime statistics, we top five, yeah. one, two, and three all the time, right? It's safer now. Yeah. No, that murder <laughs> capital shit. Was from this era, dog. Fam, we literally used to have to go inside on October 30th. Don't come out. Devil's, Devil's Night, Night, nigga. I have a t-shirt that say Devil's Night. So, I think this shit was all staged by white devils. Could have been. on Devil's Night, niggas would burn down houses in the city. Yeah. And shoot. And that was it. Like, what y'all be worried about on, like, New Year's Eve and shit? Devil's Night was like times 10, dog. And it was really like arson taking place all over the city. Shootings all over the city. You was getting fucked up on October 30 for no reason. Like, that was just the night. And um, to the point that they made a shirt that I bought. That's why <laughs> if y'all, I mean, if y'all paid. So when D12 first album came out, it was called Devil's, Devil's Night. Night. It wasn't be, it was a specific. I mean, yeah, Detroit that's, a, that's Detroit native shit. But all that to say. All that was happening back then. Current Detroit, for as much shit as it might get, not nearly as bad as it was back then. So it's very shocking that Meech would be out here. Walking around with no strap? Walking around, no strap, coming from a chick crib. Like, come on, bro. Meech, you not lacking like that, dog. I couldn't believe it. I was very surprised. Again, I get you mad at Terry with the gun at the meeting, because that wasn't what y'all do. He said that we ain't never bring no gun to a meeting. To a meeting. Where the fuck would y'all still in these cars? Where did your parents think? Like, the furs, the clothes, like... Because here's the thing. It's one thing for them to believe that Meech is doing it because Meech is around the house with all that shit on. But, like, y'all ain't never see Terry with... So where Terry fits at? Where is fur at? Terry pulled up in the bins and said, Nick, I know you ain't think you was going to be the only one pulling up with the bins. Terry, where you was hiding the bins? I need to see some shit. Do it be at his girl crib? (laughs) Where y'all apartment at? (laughs) Nigga. Yo. All right, I understood why Terry still lived there. Meech, why you still there? Nigga, mama's boy. Not a mama's boy, but he, I love my family. That's wild, dog. <laughs> like, that was really fucking wild. Um, Nigga tried to swing on his dad. Like, yo, I know I'm, a, yo, I'm your son, but I'm also a man, too. Yo, I've, I've told my story a million times, nigga. I swung on Pops. Pops pushed me through the whole closet, nigga. I went through the entire closet door. I fell in my toy chest. The closet door, which normally pulled out outward, was inward, nigga. And it was me laid up with no shirt trying to stand up, nigga. But I was dazed, dog. Don't ever push your pops. 
Don't swing on your pops, especially if your pops ain't been out of prison but a couple months. No matter how old your pops is. He's stronger than you. He got dad strength. That's it. Just mom strength. They could pull a car off their baby. Like, dad strength only works against son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know well, I don't. Marvin might have something to say about that on raising Canaan. Well, she's yeah. a woman. <laughs> I mean, like that. I mean, he he could have definitely killed her if he wanted to. Yeah, <laughs> like Marvin just wants you to know he ambidextrous yeah. <laughs> with the dash. Um, but no, nah, man, Meech swinging on his pops and his pops putting him in that fucking chokehold and letting him know, like, dog, you raise your hand to me again, I'll treat you like a nigga off the street, fam. I'm still your dad. Still your fucking dad, dog. And it's still rules. Even that. Nick said you get out of the house. He's like, well, you niggas going to be surely <laughs> you gonna be surely after me. Dog. Dog. <laughs> and pulled the fucking <laughs> eviction notice out. Hey, yo, dad got a legitimate gripe, though. Yo, I like how they handled that. Um, Because when, when Pops first, when Meech said, yo, y'all getting evicted, Pops looked immediately at mom like, he said, how was that so? What's that, sir? Um, cause, <laughs> ma'am, how the fuck is this so, nigga? Yeah, that, that was my my dad gave his check to my mom. She paid the bill. Fam, that nigga said, "Yo, so what they did was he gave himself an allowance." Okay. The rest of the check went to the house. That's for the house. You whatever y'all did, here go the money. Fam, pop said, "I get up every day and go to work and give you my check every week." How the fuck is we behind on the mortgage? We about to get kicked out. And more importantly, why don't I know? I mean, that's really what we That's the about. question. Like, why do Meech know? I tell you what's the It's a fucking pink eviction notice in the mail. All right. There was there was one thing in this show I did not like. Okay. Why did we need an old nigga sex scene? Why did him and mom have to make out? Oh, yo, it I was to- hated. It Damn, was they totally got into a real life argument and then that nigga said no, come here. Scooped her, walked off, make out. Why are we doing this? F- like, why? What? What? What does this add to the story? Yo, man, I want to give a big shout out to. Maybe uh, that's how their parents was, and they wanted to show us that or some shit. I don't know, but like, because yeah. he was pretty affectionate with her in the beginning too. Yeah. But fuck what it added to the story. It kind of ruined the scene. Like we had a very like specific argument happening about what you're doing with my money, why we got behind. Mom even made, she like, yo, I took the job at Wendy's. I'm doing what I can. I thought I could get us caught up, but shit ain't happening. Then she said, I'm sick of living like this. We ended that with a sex scene. (laughs) Take the money from your son. And here's the thing. So her saying, I'm sick of living like this. I thought, ooh, that might be one of them nuggets that we look at. Maybe she starts looking at me just like, I need a little help. Don't tell your father. I'm sending that motherfucking payment in. If I'm Meech, nigga, not only am I sending the payment in, but... She's talking about, I want to do this bills no more. You do them. Nigga, I gave you all the money. I didn't do nothing wrong here. Damn, I, I gave you my check. You never told me we weren't... We were behind, nigga. Like, I, if you would Because she said me, when the car broke down, that's when we got fucked up. Well, nigga, I would have worked some Fam, time. Fam, I'd have took bro. some shifts. I, nigga asked me the other day if I could take a shift. I told him, no, I got to get home to my family. Fam, if I knew he was behind and finna get evicted, like, nigga, I'm going to take some. Yo, communi- all 50 Cent shows are about communication or lack thereof, nigga. Same nigga won't communicate with his son. Fam, yo, <laughs> we didn't talk about it on the other show, and I'm not going to talk about it here. That shit 
that he posted on. It's a horrible person. That was just not cool, man. Like, again, shit like that takes away from the dope shit that he's doing within media, bro. Like, you're literally turning or transforming into a media mogul. To the tweet, you have created a whole fucking Marvel universe for crack. It's out here. You're doing phenomenally at it. Crack a verse. A crack verse. Like, come on, dog. But you got to stop doing that weirdo shit, man. That shit on Instagram wasn't cool, dog. She's beneath you. It's, it's beneath. Or it's, or it's exactly you. Yo, which man. Which is beneath me. Fam. Pause. Like, you think you too good to work at Wendy's? No, fifth. I think you too good to be posting that shit you posting on the gram, nigga. That's what I think you too good for. Um... Shout out to Russell Hornsby, who plays the dad. I feel like he one of them actors who delivers in everything he ever in. That's a fact. Yo, shout out to the Harris brothers. Steven Wood. Like, if y'all don't know, Steve Harris and Wood Harris are brothers. Our real life brothers. Um, I didn't know that initially. I met Steve Harris as Eugene Young on The Practice. Gotcha. And The Practice is one of the greatest shows ever. Facts okay. like that shit with that George Vogelman shit. Yeah. Oh, what the he chopped the girl head. Oh, yeah, I remember that episode. Oh, no, that was a great fucking series. Anyway, but Eugene was the shit, and yeah. I had no idea that was that Wood Harris was his brother um, until Wood said that shit. Yeah, so I met Steve Harris in Sugar Hill with Wesley Snipes. Um, he was uh, I can't remember his name in the movie, but he was one of their best friends, and. He gets killed in Sugar Hill, and it was it was devastating because he was such a good fucking actor and a good character. And then later on, he was in the practice, and then from there, he's just been in mad shit. Most of y'all might know him from fucking uh, Diary of a Mad Black Woman, yeah. but let me tell you, Steve Harris is not one of them. The boy can act. Yeah, man. He is an actor. I think his, for me, is Eugene Young for those five or six yeah. seasons. Yeah, like, Come on, man. Um, and then with Wood Harris... If there's a classic um, black movie in cinema, that nigga is a part of that. Fam, paid in full. Remember the Titans, The Wire, Above the Rim, Creed, Joy Road, Joy Road. <laughs> Shout out to it. Yo, did you know Wood Harris played Jimi Hendrix? Yeah, in Hendrix. Yep, yeah. Um, I mean, you can run Ant Man. Like, fam, Wood Harris has been in all shit. New Edition story from a few years ago. Yep. Uh, shit, Doughboys, which was like, I feel like that was like New York Joy Road. Um, he got so much shit. Blade Runner, like, come on, dog. Wood Harris is one of them guys. Wood Harris is not to be trifled with. Chicago, right? Shit, are they from the shy? Uh, let's see. Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. I know he's in the new, uh. Yep. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, Chicago. Wow, I did not know his real name was Sherwin. Like a- Sherwin David Harris. Wow. Had no clue. Um, yeah, man, Chicago, Illinois. Yo, to see them both in this, I'm instantly, I'm I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> and I didn't know what what was it? Coach. His role was. Yeah, yeah. Coach, I thought coach was the coach. Yeah, no. Nah, coach coach was like he in, in, with the shits. Finna be a jukebox. <laughs> yeah. He finna be one of them. Um, I'm very excited to see the two of them in their development in this show. I think that Wood Harris, his character Pat, 
who brought Meech and Terry into the game and they working for him, selling dope or buying dope yeah. from him. So let's get to so initially, so I don't think we've actually even said it. So um Pat pulls up at the Emico yep. um to pick up Meech. And then Terry jumped in and was like, no, nah, nigga, if one of us go, both of us go. Both of us going. And they was like, nah, just only paying I for only one. I only got room to pay for one. And um, so he pulled off, but then they stopped and brung him with him. Yeah. So I'm thinking, them niggas been doing the drugs together the whole time. That's one. Yeah. Two is, when they went to Kobo at the basketball game to have a meeting with um, the 12th Street boys, Yep. Um, it was about them staying on a turf like you niggas got to get off our turf they said okay boom he goes back to um patch little pool hall or whatever pat was like y'all nigga you gotta this the streets you can't let a nigga knock you off your turf um they had some conversations about like yo we trying to get this money nigga this is not the mafia he kept (laughs) telling T kept telling uh, Meech, yo, this is not the mafia. Yeah. We just stopped thinking that way. He was like, nah, nigga, with my my mouth, pause, your brains, nigga, we can take over this shit. He's like, well, not until we get our own our own shit. Yeah. Because we own consignment shit. So they finally make it to the party um, for Pat's birthday, and they want to they wanna get bigger, you know? Yeah, we coming for a re-up, and we want to get a brick of powder. Yeah. And he said, and I think this is what changes everything for the for the the rest of the show. It's like you know, you know the saying that God never gives you more than you can handle. Well, in this example, in this I'm God. I'm God. Yep. And y'all can't have it. Yeah. I'm your top earner. We your top earners. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know what they're gonna do with that. So, and and you you walked me into the point I was gonna make about Pat. Um, it's gonna be a conflict. It's gonna be a conflict. I think Pat goes from mentor, boss, all that shit to competitor. Cause Meech and Terry, we know at some point we gonna get our own connect. get straight to the connect. So I imagine that that don't go over smoothly with Pat, considering he told him right up front, "I'm God. I ain't gonna get y'all anything y'all want." Okay, well, we're going to go get it on our own. I wonder how long Little Meech going to be in the series. Because I, I wasn't expecting a big Meech. So, I didn't, I, to your point, I didn't expect to see an older version of Meech either. Um, so, when we saw Dog, and salute to, I don't know, dude, I don't, he could be from the city or something, I don't know. But when I saw him right at the beginning, I was kind of thrown. Because I remember reading, you know, Little Meech used to have braids just like That's his true. dad. So I remember reading when he first was a part of the show, um, it was a quote from Meech uh, where he basically was like, nigga, you you got to learn how to act to play me. Like, don't go in there like fucking me up, nigga. So they said Lil Meech cut his braids and took acting courses for like a year to do this role. So I was like, well, if he had braids... If anybody's gonna play older Meech, it'd just be yo take little Meech and let him grow his break. But then to find out like he cut him, it's like oh Meech was like thirty five when he went to yeah yeah yeah. Like so I'm like at some point it's gonna be a transition from the younger Meech we seeing. 
So I hope we get a lot of time with Little Meech as Meech, though. Like I wonder though, because he got a gig on Euphoria, how that affects it. Yeah, because like uh, that's a sit. That's and, a no. That's I mean that's moving up. Yeah. Yo, your year of acting course is paid off because Euphoria not just hiring niggas because you Meech. Like you got to know what to do over there. Um, but I'm also like Da Vinci was becoming a key character on All American, and then left. All American to come do this, so I'm. It's just a lot of moving parts right now, and I'm wondering, like, okay, how you know how is this being played out? Um, something else we saw in here uh, that you know comes up with the Lamar dude. So he just got out of prison. He back on the streets. He from E Course. He was the Omar of his day, from what it sounded like. They said that nigga sold heroin, and he robbed drug dealers. That's all he did. So he out because he didn't get the full time that he was supposed to get. He caught four years in the mental, mental institution. institution. And because Reagan came out and signed all his bullshit, mental institutions got fucking opened up, let everybody out. And now Lamar back on the streets. He not going to just be out here smoothly, especially now that he know Meech is fucking cash all. I mean, just kill this nigga. They ain't gonna kill him. They ain't gonna kill him. They gonna they gonna try to make him like. A I probably thing. wouldn't be a good drug dealer because I probably be in prison for murder quickly. Yeah, because I'm like, what? What we about to do all this dumb shit for? This is kill this nigga. Meech, he he literally hit you with his car. You didn't even know who he was <laughs> till he hit you, and then he go stay away from stay away from cash all. Uh, excuse me, sir. You don't know. I know I don't know who you are, but you don't know who I am. And like you should have, like when y'all seeing him at the at the party with everybody fucking it. Yeah. Shout out to my man. They referenced the Brewster projects and shit. You know what I'm saying? Facts, facts. Uh, shout out to that. Um, but like you you should probably figure out my I'm, I'm kind of a big deal out here. Yeah, dog. And like I didn't just come out your if if you knew why she was fucking with you before you went up, because you was out here in these streets getting money, robbing niggas, doing all your shit. You can probably imagine I'm probably one of them niggas too. So you can't just run me over and it's like, okay, we done. Why is Lala here? Yo. And dude that she's married to, he looks familiar. What is he from? I couldn't place him. I could not place him. Um even when he when he was talking, that's when I was like, dog, where where do we know him from? But I couldn't place him from shit. I, I, I know that face. Yeah. It kind of looked like KG the poet, the better rapper. That's what he kind of looked like to me from Arizona. I see that. I but see that. I don't think that's him. No, no, no. You know what no. I'm saying? But um, I think Lala, I want this to be the extent that we see of Lala. I, I don't need too much of, because now we know we were introduced to her character, right? Yeah, but you know what? She going to fuck Terry or something. Possibly, but. Them niggas had a lot of workers. Yeah, yeah. She could be anything. It could be. I just don't want them to. Okay, here's the thing. Lala, you 50 years old. If we see Lala again. You're like 16 in this, at this time. Yeah. You, you 50. If we see Lala again, I won't be mad at it. I don't want them to force Lala's character into the story. You know what I'm saying? Like, her being at the club with her dude who worked with Pat, that's fine. That's normal. That's regular. But even the way they introduced her, like... 
she came through the joint all strutting and woo woo woo. And they like, who is that? And she, oh, y'all been looking mighty fly or whatever she said tonight. And it was like, fam, y'all literally could have just waited till they met her in the back with Pat when she was with her husband. Y'all have to have her walk up and do all but that not, shit. Be, be, but now that just says that she's going to fuck with Terry. She's going to fuck with Terry. Like, I see it coming. I see the conflict. Terry going to take her from dog or they going to get caught. Something going to happen. And it's going to be an issue with dog. Dog going to go to Pat like, yo, get your man like your young boy fucking my wife. What the fuck is that? It's going to be an issue, dog. I, I see. But that was one of the things with BMF, though, was like, we don't ever let women come in between us. Yeah, yeah. And um, coming in between us. I mean, um, something else that uh, I'm looking forward to seeing is the development of, if they do it at all this season, but like, I want to see if they develop any tension between Meech and Terry because, like, they kept hinting at always. You're the quiet. You're the loud. No, because well, oh boy, was like, do y'all niggas do anything like family, like hug? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, shut the fuck up. But I want to see if they like if that like take it somewhere, dog. Yeah, be- I'm saying because they've been arguing. Yeah, yeah, the whole yeah. time, and they like, probably always gonna have. Yeah. Um. Another thing that's impossible. Uh, <laughs> that was on this sh- on this show. Okay. Uh, the final scene. They was in Canada. The only time that you can see the Detroit skyline on that side of the water is Canada. if you were from if you were in Canada. Yeah. Um, and y'all niggas don't got driver's license. Y'all did not cross the, the ambassador bridge. Nope. Y'all did not go through the tunnel to Canada. Cause why would you? Um, that's not possible. Shit, was the tunnel even out then? Had they built that motherfucker? In eighty yeah. When was that? I don't know. I just feel- I, I, re- I I look at that recently. Okay. Within the last yes. Because I I feel like we was bridge, 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 and then one time in the nineties, we just took the tunnel, and I was like, "Oh, this is some new shit." Yeah, but you, you can't see the Detroit skyline like that in Detroit unless you're you, you in, in a Canada, but then yeah. you're in a different country. You're in Windsor, literally, mm-hmm. Ontario. Um, unless y'all just drove over there to have a conversation at night, which is how'd you get to Canada? Monday? Yeah, <laughs> with all Fam. that gold and, and, and furs and shit, <laughs> like that's not going down. Fam, this is what I love about uh the legend of like BMF and, and just Terry and Meech in general, dog. So I'm, I'm doing research and getting ready for the pod and shit. And, uh, you know, I know that Terry got shot like for real. Like you, you look at with a small caliber. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, you can look at pictures. You can see his eye kind of cocked. Like he was affected by the yeah. shot. Like his he, eye don't work. Yeah, yeah. It's his eye. It's yeah. It's just it like a work. dead eye. Um, but he survived being shot. But it was funny in researching. I'm on Google, and somebody asked after the episode, "Was Terry Flannery really shot?" And then the person who who answered, and it said administrator from whatever website this was. They said yes. Word has it when he was released from prison last year, Terry Flannery was killed shortly after. <laughs> and I was like. What the fuck is <laughs> like? It was like word has it Terry Flannery was shot and killed shortly after his release from prison in 2020, and I was like, "Fam, that's just not true, dog." Like the nigga be out here. But then, so that took me down a rabbit hole of like, there's little to no information about him actually being shot back in the day. Well, there's it, but like people who have explained, yeah, they don't know who did it, yeah. Well, if they do, they yeah. Say, if they not, they not talking the same. It was way. arguments yeah. of it, if it was because Southwest T 
there used to be another Southwest T mm-hmm. and who wasn't happy that there is another Southwest T. Yeah. And guess what? The new Southwest T used to fuck with a chick that the old Southwest T fuck with. So after the irony, after that happened, they was like, yo, did he do this shit? Like, so they never found out what that was for. So I'm not sure how the show was going to do it. Yeah. Like, was it the nigga from school who beef with him? Yeah, was the it, Kwame nigga, yep. Or was it um, Lamar? Like, I don't know how they're going to play it on the show. But Interesting they named all Kwame. Just, you know, Detroit shit. <laughs> yeah. Of all the niggas y'all could have named, dog. Like, and I guess it could have been a nigga named Kwame fucking with them back in the day. But. 100%, because the, 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 the Kwame we know would have been Dexter Wabi. Yeah, facts, facts. <laughs> Yo. I love that this is we got some Detroit shit to talk about, yeah. man. And that's exciting for niggas from here. Um, so Terry getting shot in the head. Uh, spoiler alert, he lives. I, I don't know if y'all knew that. Um, he's I, alive. I wondered how they did this. Like who they're gonna make. No, because he got shot in his well, what it looks like from the show, in his right eye. Yep. And a nigga pulled up on his left side. Left side, yep. And shot him while he was reaching over. How'd you shoot him from his left side in his right eye? I don't know how they did that on on the TV movie yeah. shit. Yeah. Unless he turned around and looked at the gunman at the at the last moment. Yeah, that would be the only way. Because other than that, I'm like, yeah, y'all, y'all wallet. And now we'll have a third. This is impossible. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I'm I'm curious to see. Uh, he got shot with like either 22 or 25. I know they made that gun look big, but in yeah. real life, he got shot with. I small feel camera. like it was just a little 22. Yeah. Um, probably a little two five Ravens. I'm very curious to see like. Cause obviously I'm I knew that he got shot. I didn't think they would go here that early. And hey, surprised the fuck out of me. Like that was a great way to like end the episode on a cliff. Especially for people who don't know a ton about the story, because I'm sure they going crazy. Like even Shorty asked me, like, wait, did he really get shot in the head? I'm like, yeah, that really happened. Wonder where they gonna take this from here. Like, what's what's week two about? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm very curious, dog. Because he was actually pretty young when he got shot. Yeah, he was. He was. Like, I'm sure that timeline-wise, this is all accurate. It just seemed, for me, it was shockingly early in the series. I'm fairly sure his parents going to blame Meech for it, though. Oh, 100%. I feel like on the uh, the premiere for next week, if I'm remembering correctly, I feel I like... I on the app, so I don't never see the premiere. I mean, the... the 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 the, trailer. the little trailer for next week. I feel like I remember the mom saying that on the trailer. Like, yo... You're the reason this happened to your brother. Something like that. Or I could be. I watch a lot of drug shows, so I could also just be mixing that up with a whole nother show. Um, all in all, man, what'd you think about the episode and, and thoughts on, I guess, where the series is gonna go, bro? I think this is gonna be good because it looks like an actual show. It don't seem it don't seem powerish. Yeah. It seems real. It seems consistent, like with like reality. I don't think nobody's gonna be fighting in the yeah. fire and then making you know what i'm saying yeah i think and it ha- since it's based upon a true story it has to follow a certain outline we kind of know where it's gonna go i'm trying to get to the trap doors and all i'm trying to get to the from from detroit to st louis to yeah. to, to, to to la to atlanta to all over where they was at i want to get to the point where meech go to they send it he, he go to mexico 
to find a plug. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, there's so many different stories yeah. from firsthand accounts of people who've broken this stuff down. Like, I want to see if some of these stories make it into, you know. I'm I'm very curious to see, because um, I, I agree with you, man. I think I love that about the show. With 50 and all these creators who we know have come from other projects that he's worked on, my fear coming in was don't make this power. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't want this to remind me of power. And, I've, yeah, subject matter-wise, it's going to be some shit that's probably unavoidable. But this feels more realistic than Kanan. Yeah, because... Kanan didn't seem fake per se. Yeah. But it felt like it was a part of a story from power where this feels realistic. I think it's because they can't, it's a real story. And just when Detroit niggas is involved in Detroit related shit, we're not going to let you fake, but so much, you know what I'm saying? You, you're not going to get too creative. Yeah. We might change names and some shit like that to make sure niggas don't get in trouble for no bullshit. But yeah, outside of that, I'm probably going to keep it as Detroit and as real as possible to the actual story. Um, so I can appreciate the level of realism that we are getting. I can't appreciate these niggas rapping Run DMC while they wait a crack. Um, I don't want that to ever happen again. Like, I don't want it to happen. I didn't need that scene. I'm, I'm pretty sure niggas rap Run DMC. <laughs> they probably did, but I did. it was just mad, like, joyous. Like, they was like, yeah, nigga, having fun. Run DMC. Think wait a crack. Was, wait a but think about what they was rapping. I'm the king of rock. It's why not they was rock, hey. Why they was rocking up. <laughs> Suck MCs, they call me sire, man. I get it, dog. But that scene bothered the shit out. Because it was like, yo, what is this jovial, like, pack the crack scene? Nigga, I just, I didn't need the baggy scene. Um, Niggas kids, they 15. Uh, and who else was that? Why probably, they, one of, probably one why of the baby mamas. Why they actual house got plaster everywhere? Nigga, paint. <laughs> like paint Paint ain't one of them things That's like super expensive Like Yeah You niggas can paint I feel like If any dad on earth Knew where some paint was It's this dad Fact. He looked like he know Where some paint is In the house My nigga you can paint It's downstairs Go niggas paint niggas got dog. plaster Everywhere Yeah dog stuff. They was wildin' nigga Um It was something else That I was Just minor critique Oh As the show goes on and I have this problem with a lot of these type of shows because I feel like so many of them do it nowadays. But with this one, I really don't want them to do this. I don't want the characters to keep the main characters, Meech and Terry. I don't want everything to be like a quote. Like everything they said over this episode started feeling like a quotable. I don't like when shows do that because it don't feel natural. Like when two brothers is talking, I want them to sound like, Two niggas that ain't trying to like outdo each other on the speed. They was getting real Shakespearean toward the end, especially like the scene when they left the club and went down to the river. Speaking of which, all right, last critique, and I'm off it because this was still a good ass episode. Stop trying to make this shit power and sending niggas down to the docks. Niggas in Detroit don't be down at the water like that, or at least not back then, dog. We wasn't having fucking. Yo, we taking over the world drug meetings at the damn water, dog. That just wasn't the thing. Don't take me to the docks. We ain't lead a club to go down there to talk about this shit. The only thing is, they from down river. So they might be used to doing that shit. Cause down it's a river, valid point. Yeah. It's a valid point. Because down river's called down river for a reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's literally. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Um, On that note, yo. 
great fucking first episode. Uh, little tweaks here and there, but this sh- all maybe, the maybe that's how they got to Canada. Took the boat across because like. I don't never see the, the like the the coast guard out there. Like when you be out there with your boat, like is it a nigga be like, all right, you on this side? Like at what point? Fam, it was funny. Canada we, is right there. We went fishing, and we wasn't even on the Detroit River. We went fishing like super far east and shit. We was on a whole nother body of fucking water, um, but it still approached Canada. Like Canada side was still a part of the body of water. And it was wild because I'm like, when Dog turned, he said, oh, we're approaching Canada. We couldn't go to Canada to fish over there. So when he hit the turn, he kind of announced it. And I was like, oh, y'all niggas really be reading like the water map and shit. Like that nigga turned like we cannot cross that little wave. But like that's wild. So like, is it always like, so it's like, say it's 90 boats in the river, right? Nigga, and they, they coming like, at me. They like, yo, yo, these are, yo, if any of these 14 over here come on, like, I don't know if it's, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is that, that strict, but like. I mean, the way dog turned, I feel like somebody watching, nigga, or somebody know your boat didn't cross the line. But I'm like, y'all really looking at the line? Like, that's wild The to whole me, Detroit River, though? Fam. Hey, Cause they the, out there. From, 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 from Heart Plaza to. To Down E-Cord, River. Like, Man. the whole time? Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey man y'all let us know what y'all thought about the episode of the pod let us know what y'all thought about bmf the season premiere excited for it i hope the numbers matched up so we can do let's do for bmf what we did for raising canaan and by episode two i need to know it's the season two coming you know what i'm saying like Watch this shit. Like, y'all give a fuck, I'm, man. I'm fairly sure it's season two coming. I'm fairly sure, but if you're from Detroit, you also know that we've been hearing about this show getting made for like 20 years. So it feels, everything just feels like, all right, nigga, I'm, I'm tight till I know more, man. Um, But hit us up on the socials. Let us know what y'all thought about the show. Let us know what y'all thought about the pod. This Week in Culture on everything. Email us to send your voice notes into thisweekinculturepod at gmail.com. Until next week. I'm Ant, that's Jay, This Week in Culture, episode 184. We out. Yo, think about this, though. What's that? This shit ain't got to be just about Meech and T. No. Fam, I think at a certain point, this shit should be very not about Meech and T. (laughs) Nigga, like, they had a whole, like, the organization. You read the book? Uh Uh-uh. So... That was when I first got, like, into my BMF obsession. Like, knew about them being from here and all that shit. And then I had the unique experience of being in Atlanta just after the arrest. So it's still mad BMF niggas in Atlanta when I moved down there in 07. Um, So I I got a chance to kick it with some niggas. Uh, I actually partied with Blue Da Vinci the day after he got out. Uh, he got out on a Saturday. We partied that Sunday night. He was right in the VIP next to me. We talked all fucking, learned a lot of shit. But when I read that book and saw like the web, we talking about 50 creating a fucking Marvel universe. Nigga, no. Meech and Terry created a network that was like. And then like. Nigga. So we had J-Bo in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. St. Louis. He the St. Louis me. It's a whole you hub. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they got a whole nother thing that was going on, right? And then when when Meech and T kind of went split. they step away. Yeah. Well, it's not that they, they Yeah. Two crews. Terry went out west with it. 
Meech kept it over here. Yeah. And there was two different. Yeah. One was a number and one was the BMF and one was a Like, it was yeah. two different. Yeah. And then, I mean, shit, when, when you even focusing on Atlanta for a minute, they're the, the BMF CFO. Um, I can't think of dog's name right off top, but he was the one that was married to uh, Shirley Franklin's daughter. Shirley Franklin, former mayor of Atlanta. He was married to her daughter. And I think he was one of the first ones to get knocked. He got knocked for murder. Um, she set up, allegedly, uh, set up a murder. It was another dude in the crew who they heard was going to talk. And dog was like, you know, let's make sure that don't happen. But all that to say, him as CFO, he could have a whole nother fam. So all the because this is a BMF, yeah. Not even though they these are the creators of it. Like this shit can go fam, on. The, the some power verse shit. The the BMF the music label ATL BMF STL yeah. BMF LA LA BMF Florida. Because nigga Meech got arrested in Florida. He wasn't in Atlanta no yeah. more. Like, but the the shit with the with the music, the shit with. The cars, like, fam, that was a whole, that was literally how they fucking laundered most of their money, initially at least, was behind the cars. The shit with the fucking billboard in Atlanta, like, it became such a network. We can start talking about the fucking uh, Jeezy shit and the fucking Jeezy and um, uh, Gucci shit. Like, all this shit is related and falls under the BMF umbrella. Yeah, man. It's a lot of stories to tell. Um, and it definitely don't have to stop at Meech and Terry. So I'm hoping that, uh, you know, like you said, I agree with you. I'm, I'm fairly certain this shit will get a season two, if not three seasons. But as this shit goes on, pretty much, you know, post, I don't know where season one's going to end. But I'm imagining that probably after season two, they can start telling a lot of different stories, dog. And um, really get away from, because here's the thing, we still in the 80s, dog. BMF's like height. I mean, we five years into we about to be five years into snowfall, and them niggas ain't left LA yet. Fam. Not really. Yeah, we're just now supposed to possibly get it next season in Arkansas. Yeah, like you know fam. So yes, yeah, if we still in the eighties with BMF and them niggas weren't at their height till fucking early two thousands, it's a lot of story to be told, man. Yeah. So very excited to see what's to come. Very excited for for the city for the fucking. City to just get to shine, man. Even with, um, you know, most of the BMF story that everybody knows being in Atlanta, dog. This time for Detroit to really fucking show out right now. Yo, this, this is this the only thing that bothers me, though. What's that? We know they from here. Yep. But why? Oh, I don't Like, why are we so proud, though? Because this is, at the end of the day, this is just the shit that's, the, the city that's yeah, fucked up. Yeah. He got fucked up by crack. got fucked up by all of the shit that we're glamorizing in the show. So it's... I think... So to answer my question as well... Yeah. um, Remember I was talking about like, you know, when niggas don't got money, you don't... You're not seen. You're not heard. It's like um, you finally get a chance to participate in society. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, these were some young black dudes and they lived their life to the fullest right did all this extra shit so I, that's some some extravagant shit yeah um and it was kind of smart with the trap doors and all this yeah. and all yeah. that but i be wondering like somebody who wasn't in the game or wasn't connected 
what is you so happy about? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't do any of this shit. Like, yeah. why, why are you so happy that somebody who sold drugs just happens to be from the same city that you from? So it's, it's to the beginning of this episode, right? When, uh, when, when older Meech comes back to Southwest and he gets greeted by that young dude. And, uh, when they go to the block party, young dude tell him like, yo man, we had to do it up like this. Cause Meech was like, this more than I expected. So we had to do it up like this, man. You nigga, ain't nobody ever going to do it like you and Terry did it. Not two black dudes from Southwest. Now, granted, that was one of the lines where I feel like I, you kind of poking at like, like, hey, man, nobody's going to do this. Not two young black men from Southwest. I get it. I, I but see niggas saying it. more importantly, what he said was a fact. I think the reason we glorify it is because as dangerous and as fucked up as the results of what they were involved in were, Fam, they built an empire. Over 250 million that we know about from crack. It's a lot of cats who sold drugs and didn't do it at that level and didn't do it that intelligently. Yeah, probably way over 250. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I I only give the numbers that everyone knows about because anything else, that don't got nothing to do with me. Nigga, what, what you hid in the crib is yours, nigga. God yeah. bless. What you put over in fucking... Uh, Across the water, nigga. That's hey, that money is theirs, nigga. I, I love everything that's over there. But I think that the reason we hyped that shit up and the reason we so proud of it, man, is because to your point earlier, dog, like, yo, we didn't heard every New York drug story, drug dealer story. And granted, we haven't. It's mad drug dealers that don't get no shine that was like, yo, they was on the same level as yeah, all the other niggas, yeah. But it's like we ain't necessarily heard them. But I'm like, from Detroit, nigga, we don't hear nothing. I don't hear nothing. And again, it ain't shit to glorify, but. Purple Gang was from here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a whole bunch of. Oh, it's a whole bunch. Fam, but. so it's funny. A, a few of those big, like YBI, for instance, who we referenced. What was that show on uh, BET? American Gangster. You remember that shit? Yeah. A few Detroit crews were on American Gangster, dog. And it's like, but since then, nigga, we ain't really got no main primetime type show about nothing like this. So I, I think that we we not proud of what they did or necessarily how they did it. I think we just proud that shit. We got a story being told about two cats from the city who made it out. You know what I'm saying? And who who made it even with all the shit that they might have been involved in to get there. They made it to heights unseen and shit really unfathomable for most of us like they took that drug shit and said nigga we about to make this into a whole fucking like we about to change our lives off this shit and didn't get killed they saw some prison time but didn't get killed a lot of niggas ain't live to tell their story about how they made it and what drugs did for them and all yo these two niggas they they lived long enough to maybe learn from it and I think that that's a reason to be proud. Like, yo, y'all did some shit. Y'all was involved in some shit, but y'all lived enough to tell your story and maybe hopefully tell what y'all learned from it, dog. Like, Terry being an EP and being involved on this show, that's crazy. Because most of these stories, them niggas ain't alive no more. Like, to even be a part of it. So, I don't know, man. I'm I'm excited for the for the city to to get this look, even though what we looking at is... We already know how harmful it was, but still a good look, man. And shit, hopefully it puts some more Detroit talent on the map, too. 
Yeah. Like, I'm, I don't know how many people involved in the show it's are actually. Lot. I know we got a lot of folks from the city who are going to be on this shit. I hope that a lot of them get some opportunities and that they were shaking the right hands over at Stars, man, because shit could be big. We got some talent in the city. Me and Jay talk about all the time. Um, speaking of, real quick plug, next week, my homie, um, shout out to Mina, Mina Monroe. Her movie premieres, Three Keys, premiering next Sunday. If you don't have tickets, I feel like she got a few left. Um, I'm going to be in the building that night repping the pod. But uh, some talent in the city, man. And I, I hope that a show like BMF helps us spotlight it a little bit more. So For sure. Yeah, man. Episode 184. We gave y'all a little bit more. Bars. Peace. <laughs>